0: Welcome to Faith Bible Church's Midweek in the Word podcast, where we are together seeking to become better readers, hearers, and doers of the Word each week. Hello and welcome to Midweek in the Word. Thanks for joining us for another episode um, as we study God's Word together. Um, As always, I'm Brad Myers, Faith Bible Church's Adult Ministries pastor, and I'm joined again this week by Pastor Tom, our preaching pastor. Uh, Tom, thanks for joining us on this episode.
1: Yeah, it's good to join you again, regrettably, from South Street, but uh, (laughs) soon we'll be in the same room together again.
0: I will look forward to sitting across the table. Uh it's funny how these dialogues uh, are conversational and and when you're looking at someone across the table, it's a little easier <laughs> to dialogue as I know so many in our body are are feeling in this current season looking forward to being in the room again with each other. Um so so this this last week you were you were continuing in uh we're almost halfway through the year, halfway through your Sermon series, Route 66 snapshots from Genesis to Revelation. Um, which intuitively you'd think, you know, if you're if you're thinking through the Bible, maybe we're about to Christ. Uh, but there's a whole lot more Old Testament than there is New <laughs> Testament in Scripture. And so at this point, about halfway through the year, uh, you were in Second Chronicles talking about King Uzziah, uh, the king that we mentioned last week was probably a lesser known king. Uh, for a lot of people. So hopefully this last week's sermon helped fill in some of those gaps for you as our listeners. Um, But Tom, let's review a little bit of what you talked about on Sunday. What did we learn about God on Sunday?
1: Well, I I think it was a a selection of God to demonstrate His incredible power and His sovereignty. Uh, He he took a 16-year-old and put him on the throne of the nation of Judah when it was at its lowest point. Everything was in disarray and over the next 40 years it became the great, uh, equal almost to the kingdom of Solomon. So he demonstrates his power, his ability to enable and to strengthen his sovereignty, uh, his willingness to bless those that uh, will depend on him
0: yeah I love I love that imagery of of the faithfulness to the covenant of you know when the kings do what God tells them to do, um, the covenant that that he made with the people of Israel with Moses and was renewed with Joshua and all these characters that we've talked about, um, God is faithful. Uh, praise yeah. him for that, no doubt. Yeah, and I think that's um,
1: probably what Zechariah his mentor probably pointed him to repeatedly. you know he taught him to live in awe of God and I think he reminded him that uh, when you obey, the Lord will bless.
0: Mm, good reminder to us from the life of Uzziah. Uh, secondarily, what did Uzziah's life uh, reveal about mankind?
1: Well, regrettably, it, it's that that principle that, that man wants to worship himself. There is an incipient pride of the heart, and uh, when success comes, uh, it's uh, there's a tendency, a seduction away from the Lord. So it just, again, shows the, the fickleness of the human heart. Uh, the blessings of God are often rejoiced in the gifts, and we forget to submit to the giver.
0: Mm. Yeah, I know I was sitting listening to the sermon and thinking back on preaching on Gideon and just the travesty yep. of the way his life ended um, as pride began to seep into his heart. Very very similar to Uzziah. Uh, that's, yep. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, finally, uh, how, did it, how did it point us to Christ?
1: Well, it, what the king did was he grabbed onto the privilege of uh, leading worship. He acted like a priest, a high priest. And uh, it raises the question, will there ever be a king who is so righteous that he not only could sit upon the throne, but he could actually lead in priestly ministry? And so we think forward to the prophet, priest, and king in the person of the Messiah to come.
0: Amen. That's good images from the Old Testament that help us anticipate and just praise Christ for who he was and what he did um, coming after the Old Testament for sure. Okay, so Tom, now now this week's message was your first from the books of, of Chronicles, from 1st and 2nd Chronicles, rather than many of the, the times you've taught. You've taught out of the book of Kings when you taught about Solomon, when you taught about Elijah and Elisha, and then in the future we're going to teach about Hezekiah and Josiah from the book of Kings as well. Um, so as a way of briefly introducing our topic for this week, I just wanted to ask, why did you choose to teach on Uzziah from from Chronicles rather than from Kings, as you've been working through?
1: Well, starting in, in 2 uh, Kings 15, uh, we're told about the ministry of Uzziah, but it also just tells us that uh, he died as as a leper, but it doesn't give you the details of why. And uh, we know from reading the Old Testament that leprosy was a mark of God's curse, that there was something there. And uh, so it drives you over to Second Chronicles. And then when you get there, uh, you, you find a great long bio in the entire chapter explaining his great successes and all. So uh, first of all, it was just the expanded bio. And I think then secondly, it was the emphasis there on his involvement with the temple. And so picking up another theme as we look at the uh, coming priesthood of Christ.
0: Mm. Yeah. And that's, that's a little bit more what I want to explore this week um, on the podcast for our listeners. Um, Because I know a lot of people, and, and when I was growing up, I found it confusing. And a lot of people have asked me about it. Why, why we get these two stories from Chronicles and Kings that basically tell of the same period of time and basically tell the same story. Um, But it, But it really causes us to say, why is this in here twice? You know, why do you get a smaller section about Uzziah in Kings and a larger description of Uzziah in in Chronicles? And it forces us to ask really this week's topic, and that is why does the Bible retell basically the same story twice? Um, but Tom, before before we get into the nuts and bolts of exactly why that is and take a stab at answering that question, I think we need to address a related question, um, because I know at times it has been asserted by scholars that, that these repeated accounts that we get in these books are, are the result of uh, a bias or revisionist history, uh, unfortunately a term that we're all too familiar with in our culture today. Um, and so as a result, we're told to be skeptical of the accuracy of these books as we read through them because they don't tell the story in exactly the same way. So let me just start out by addressing that question before we move into how to interpret them. So uh, are are there concerning discrepancies between the record or the recorded events that we find in the books of Kings and the books of Chronicles?
1: I think, yeah, if when you compare text to text, you, you'll find there are some distinctions there, whether they're contradictions or not. But uh, certainly uh, years, uh, length of time, a few of those things are different. And uh, so if you're an observant reader, you're certainly going to ask the question, uh, what was the author's intent? And like you said, the liberals want to say, well, they were simply rewriting history. I think there's probably, if, if you conclude that scriptures are not divinely inspired, they are not the very breath of God, they are not inerrant Then you will just default to that. Or if you accept them as the true word of God and he never lies or he never contradicts himself, then you say, well, there's gotta be a better explanation. But certainly uh, if you're an attentive reader, you're gonna at least pause and ask why.
0: Hmm. So, so you're, you're noting some of the, the different dates and time periods and things like that, where we appear to get two different numbers. Uh, could you give us a practical example of, of what one of those might be?
1: Well, in, in some of the Kings, it talks about the number of years that they reigned. And, uh, uh, even, even in the era of Uzziah and Jotham, his son, uh, there's a bit of distinction, and I think I think it's explainable. Uh, just by there's a period of time when they are co-regents, where uh, mm. one son will lead along with his father. His father's incapacitated, removed, or something. So I mean, there there are I think legitimate explanations for those. But as you're reading along, you're thinking, well, he didn't. He started at age 25. I thought he started at 16. Well, what's the difference in just that that sense of overlap time? And perspective, I
0: think. Mm. So the different motivations behind the different writings of the book, leading to a, a slightly different way of saying things, but but I, I take it that what you're saying here is you know a thoughtful reading and and maybe go back to our cultural context conversation, uh, a culturally aware understanding of the different ways things could be recorded, uh, would shed some light on what initially seems like um, some sort of error in the transcribing yeah. of these books. Is that fair?
1: Just, yeah, I've got I've got a friend that, that says when you have your 70th birthday, you have to consider yourself 71 years old because you're moved into the 71st year. Well, I'm not mm. going to be 71 until next year. I'm just telling you. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> there you so go.
1: It's that sense of uh, when do they start to count? Or, you know, in some cultures, the day a baby is conceived in the womb is its beginning of its age or in ours, it's the day. That we hold it in its arm, in our arms, and then suddenly we say, to, "This is its birthday." So again, it's where do you start to count? Do you start on a particular? If 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 something happened in 2020, you, you, everything that happens in that year starts in June. So you know, if something happened in January, they would count it and say, "Well, that actually started back in 2019." Or just uh, some churches do that, you know, with their budget years and things. When does the year begin? Mm. So I think there were just there were just different ways of keeping track of the time. When did the beginning of the year and also there I think there are legitimate historical and cultural explanations if if someone is serious to look at those.
0: Mm-hmm. That's maybe something we should explore in a little more detail. I don't want to get too bogged down with that. But yeah, I think it's fair. Uh, that's, that's a good a good reminder for our people that it, it kind of speaks to the, the assumptions we bring to the text that we've talked about a couple yep. of times in the past on the podcast. If we come yep. with the assumption that it is inerrant, that it is the Word of God, then we look for reasonable explanations from a cultural standpoint uh, for where there might be discrepancies. Okay, so so that being said, um, recognizing that we've got two separate tellings, similar, similar to the Gospels in the New Testament of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all telling the same story, uh, but from a different perspective for a different purpose, um, let's get back to our original question then. Um, if the differences that we read in the Kings and the Chronicles don't cause us to doubt their un- authenticity, then why are those differences there in the biblical accounts?
1: well i think you just you just use the first uh, from different perspectives and again the the author who is putting the the history the account together had a, had a driving motive or purpose. So you're you're back to that principle of just trying to discern the author's intent. And uh, and I think the the, the books of First and Second Kings, originally one extended book, were written to encourage the exiles as they are in captivity in Babylon and answer the question, Why are we here? You know, didn't God say that David's throne would be forever and there would always be a king to sit upon that throne? Did God not keep his Word, what what led us here. And so I think the writer goes back and traces the failure of the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah. And they rebelled. God blesses those who obey, but God disciplines those who disobey. And so I think it is written from the failure, primarily from the failure of the kings to pursue and represent well the Lord. That's why we're here in captivity. The Chronicles, on the other hand, seem to have been written after the captivity or words of encouragement to those that are back in the land but they come back and their their nation is devastated their the walls of their city are completely destroyed and the temple no longer exists there's the foundation footprints all that's left and the question is does is god's promise still true is there is there a future hope for us or has has god forsaken us and so i think he writes to tell them again why they were indisciplined, but what God's future plans are. So dealing with the same period of history, but standing on two different street corners describing the event, I think.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good reminder uh, for our listeners as as they're thinking it through. You know, if you run into something, you know, King's kind of has that that more judgment-sobering reality as opposed to the Chronicles, maybe having more of this hopeful, forward-looking um thought process. And, you know, even the story that you highlight from the life of Uzziah and why you chose Uzziah, um, the idea of the restoration of temple worship and and the need to prioritize and say, this is how important correct worship in the temple of God is, leads the author of the Chronicles to include the story and the author of the Kings um, to maybe leave out the details of Uzziah's life.
1: Yeah, I think that's and I think I think you see in in Chronicles more emphasis on the temple, how it's approached mm-hmm. and what its function is. But again, written to a people who uh, wept uh, when they saw the foundation laid again, it's just like would God meet us here again? Would He dwell here? So mm-hmm. through the Chronicles again, just that reminder. And that was uh, in Uzziah's case; uh, he mistreated, disrespected uh, the temple, and. God's worship, and so uh, there's a reason for the discipline. Again, uh, two perspectives, uh, motivation for the author's writing.
0: Hmm. I think that's really helpful for people. I, similar to our conversation about why why have there been new translations as language has developed and things like that. You seem to be saying that the reason this story needed to be retold is it needed to be told for a new audience, another generation, one that one that was in exile and the next for the generation that was returning back. And so we get two stories for two different audiences, which kind of leads us into the next question, because what we want to always do is we want to be talking about, you know, practically speaking, um, how do we read and interpret? And part of that is understanding the original audience that the book was written to. So let's get practical on this thing, Tom. How, how would you encourage then our listeners uh, to both read and interpret the books of the Kings and the books of the Chronicles differently?
1: Well, I, I would encourage them to, to do the exercise of seeking to be first hearers. So uh, imagine reading Kings when you are long ways from home. You're one of Daniel and his three friends' friends, and you're looking back at the life that you once had and you no longer have and mm-hmm. asking the question, you know, why this white here today? And then read the Chronicles and say, what would it be like to be a first here in your back? And what what you would look forward to returning to, suddenly you arrive and it's not as glorious as the reports uh, were given back in the, in the land of your captivity, but, but there is a word of hope. And so you begin to read it from the perspective of looking forward when things will be reestablished and restored. So uh, if if you're going through a period where you feel like uh, life is hard, you wonder, has has God abandoned us? Has he failed to keep his word? Uh, You read Kings from the perspective. There's a reason for God's working in this way, but his promises are true. And uh, Hmm. read Chronicles for a word of hope and forward anticipation.
0: Hmm. Yeah, really good balancing between the two of of God's holiness and judgment, His keeping His word, and God's mercy and grace and redemption when He brings the people back to the land, as well. So, uh, for our listeners, if I if I can attempt to kind of summarize this discussion, there's a few things that we'd really encourage you to think as you're reading through Kings and Chronicles. Um, you know, consider how the different stories of the individuals being told, the kings. Um, are told differently in each of the accounts. And remember what the author is trying to convey. You know, to Tom's point, put your feet in the sandals of those people that are that are being taken away to exile, which I hope as believers we can sympathize with. And also put your feet in the sandals of those that are being returned to temple worship and God restoring um, what he had promised to his people. And read those books in light of the reality of their situation um, and so there is a little bit of a difference when you come to reading those those two books. Uh, any any final thoughts on this subject before before we uh, start talking about your next character for Sunday?
1: Well, my my encouragement in the reading would be to take a take a highlighter and just mark their response. You know, did they do what was right in the eyes of the Lord or not? If you, if you go through the two books and you compare that very quickly, the theme comes. So I guess my encouragement would be just to be an active reader, a marker of the text, and uh, let let the text speak to your heart.
0: Hmm. Very good. Well, hopefully that's an encouraging uh, thought to you as readers. Hopefully you do take the time and both read through the two books of Kings and the two books of Chronicles, I know there's a tendency to to read one and then skip over the <laughs> other, but they both have really important things to say to us, um, and that's why they were put in Scripture. So we encourage you to engage with both of them in your Bible reading. Um, now, Tom, this coming Sunday, we are we are through um, kind of some of the Kings, and and we run into our first. Prophetic book. We're gonna we're gonna come back to some later kings, but we've got the ministry of Isaiah, um, which you alluded to, taking place uh, following Uzziah. Um, so we've got we've got this prophet Isaiah that we're gonna be talking about from the book that uh, is named after him. Uh, what what are you looking forward to preaching on uh, for Sunday?
1: Well, Isaiah's ministry precedes the the writing of uh, Kings and Chronicles. So before they go into captivity, he's calling out the people that, that God loves them too much to let them go on in their rebellion and in their sin, but he's gracious and gives them a warning. And I, I think the, the book of Isaiah has the fullest gospel summary in all the Old Testament. So looking forward to highlighting that unfolding plan.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I know. I, I love the aspect of the prophetic books that emphasize God's holiness, but also His hope and redemption, and Isaiah being a yeah. prime among those in that message. Uh, any interpretive questions you're wrestling with in your study this week?
1: Well, I, I think, again, this, the issue of why is, uh, the failure of humanity, one more time, just uh, um, Isaiah is told to preach... And then he's promised that he will preach, but nobody's going to respond.
0: <laughs> you <know?
1: laughs> so you're going, oh, wait a minute, you know, but why, why is that? So just re- really wrestling through the book on from that perspective. What, what role does the record of the human frailty and failure play in the message?
0: Mm. And, and hopefully Isaiah's faithfulness in spite of in spite of not seeing the results all of us would hope for, will be an encouragement to our hearts as well. Uh, Finally, how how can we prepare our hearts to hear this message?
1: Well, the the message of Isaiah is is one of hope. And uh, so it's those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. So um, prepare your heart to be encouraged and rest in the fact that God's promises are true. And uh, even though we may be going right now through some difficult, challenging times, the reality is God is faithful and His purposes are being accomplished. So wait on the Lord.
0: Amen. Well, we do hope you join us for that message, whether it be in person in the two services at eight o'clock and ten thirty that we are now able to do, or whether it be from from your own home on Sunday morning or, or whenever you have the chance to listen to those messages. Um, thanks again for joining us for this week's episode. We we hope it was an encouragement to you. Remember, if you're following along in the weekly reading uh, in anticipation of the the prophet Isaiah, uh, the reading plan has Isaiah chapter six. Um, so take the time and read through that before you listen to Tom's message. Um, Also keep an eye out for our third quarter reading plans. They'll be coming out soon. We're trying to get you a physical copy um, here very shortly. Um, and I just want to remind you that as listeners, we want this to be a two-way conversation. Um, we would really love to hear from you, hear what your thoughts are, hear if you have any questions as you're reading through the text that we can practically address. Uh, we'll, we'll bring up those questions and address them on the podcast if if you send them our direction. So you can send them to to me at bradm at fbclnk.org or, or tomr at, at the same the same email domain. Um, Lastly, we're just looking forward to seeing uh, those of you uh, that are able to uh, to come on Sunday. Don't forget, if you're trying to come, uh, try and sign up early. Let us know you'll be coming so we can know to anticipate you. And as always, uh, the elders and the pastors, Tom and myself, will be praying for you this week as you prepare your hearts both to, for your time in the Word personally and uh, for the time together as we study God's Word. And we hope you join us again next week for the podcast as we continue this series focused on Route 66. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. As you're reading this week, be encouraged by the words of the Apostle Paul to Timothy. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth.